Is the surge in Iraq working? Must we deal with Iran to curb the terror threat? We'll ask Michael Ledeen, author of The Iranian Time Bomb. And is Congress at war over everything? Perhaps that's a good thing. Plus, we'll discuss the relationship of faith to culture. This is Jerry Johnson Live from Criswell College. Join us as we look at today's news from the Christian worldview for Christ and culture. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. I have a dream. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail. Welcome to Jerry Johnson Live. For the next hour, this is your place for relevant discussion of topics in the news and in our culture from a Christian perspective. Your host is Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Later in the show, we'll open the toll-free lines for your questions and comments. You may also email us at talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson. The surge is working, sir. It is working. No, not apparently. It's working. It's working because we've got a great general, we've got a good strategy, and Bar Province, things have improved. All right, we're going to talk about Iran, and we're going to talk about Iraq today. That was Senator John McCain, and he said in a recent debate, the surge is working. Now, we've had a lot of headlines in the news, the fires in California and the presidential debates, and we haven't heard in the last two or three weeks what's happening with the surge in Iraq. We're going to have a major update in just a moment, but also Iran. What are we to think of Iran? I remind you of President Bush's warning. I've told people that if you're interested in avoiding World War III, it seems like you ought to be interested in preventing them from having the knowledge necessary to make a nuclear weapon. All right, he's talking about Iran. He's talking about Ahmadinejad. And President Bush says if we don't do the right thing, we could be headed for World War III. Penna, let's talk about it. Well, we've got to ask the question, the one that you just mentioned. Are things improving in Iraq? Is the surge working? And is it time now to turn our attention to Iran? And how should that be accomplished? With us to discuss this is Michael Ledeen. He is an expert in U.S. foreign policy. He's resident scholar at the American Enterprise Institute. He's got a book out, The Iranian Time Bomb. And uh, I noticed a piece he wrote for the Wall Street Journal recently, Victory is Within Reach in Iraq. Michael, thank you for joining us. My treat. Well, uh, we want to know, is the surge working, and specifically where, and uh, can we say that we've won a victory over al-Qaeda in Iraq? Well, in fact, there's a whole debate going on inside the, inside the government as, a, as to whether or not we're entitled to declare victory in Anbar province, which is that huge, it's the biggest province in Iraq, and it basically covers most of the western part of the country, and it's where al-Qaeda was headquartered for the last several years. And, uh, and it was looking pretty are, hopeless a year so ago, wasn't it? The Marines are complaining that they're bored. Hmm. <laughs> you know, nobody to shoot at, no buildings to bomb, nothing. I mean, we uh, we have a son who's a Marine lieutenant 
in um, Fallujah right now, and he says his men are going crazy. I mean, they're building schools and hospitals and roads and things like that, and they're working on micro-projects to develop the local economy and things like that, but there's no fighting. So to what do you attribute that? Uh, the uh, al-Qaeda, uh, first of all, came up against an armed force that it could not defeat. I mean, they can't defeat the the Marine Corps. It's impossible. And over time, the Iraqi people figured out that the United States couldn't be beaten and wasn't leaving, and so was going to win. And so the Iraqis wanted to be on the winning side. And obviously, it's an easy choice between the Americans and these savages who chop people's heads off and, and kill people because they go on on the Internet and things like that. And so the people now have thrown their support uh, behind the Americans, and uh, everybody from tribal sheikhs to city mayors and so forth are now giving us their active cooperation. And that's fatal to the terrorists, because the people know who the terrorists are, where the terrorists are, where their weapons are, where their weapons cases are hidden, when they're planning to put bombs by the side of the road and so forth. And and so we're now drowning in accurate information. And it's spreading all over Iraq. It's not a Sunni or a Shiite thing. It's an Iraq-wide phenomenon right now. Terrorists are on the run. And the surge was very important in all of this because it gave us enough troops so that we could drive the terrorists out of a, out of a town, leave enough behind to secure the town, and then move on and keep tracking down the terrorists as they ran. And, the, and you can see from communications that we've captured from the terrorists back to headquarters in places like Iran, because the two are intimately linked, that they're terrified. And they say, you know, help us, save us. We're surrounded. We don't know where to go. There's no place left to hide and so on. So the, so the terrorists are having a very hard time in Iraq right now. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. We're talking to Michael Ledeen. He's a Freedom Scholar with the American Enterprise Institute, and he's written an article, Victory is in with, Within Reach in Iraq. Uh, you can read that in the Wall Street Journal. Michael, let me ask you this question. Actually, I want you to listen with me to President Bush talking about uh, the Democrats seem to be putting together a, a defense spending package um, in a political way. And I know some on the Democrat side didn't agree with my decision to send troops in, but it seems like we ought to be able to agree that we're going to support our troops who are in harm's way. All right. The president is uh, disappointed today that uh, the Democrat Congress has uh, put these spending bills together in such a way that he, he has to sign them and uh, to support the war effort in Iraq. And here's the question I have for you. Um, this good news does not seem to be uh, a banner headline at least on on the Democrat ticker, and are these candidates, uh, do they have a political interest in downplaying this good news right now, particularly those who are running for president? Oh, you bet, because they're all running on the basis that the war is unwinnable. That underlies the whole Democratic strategy. They want everybody to believe that we cannot win this war, and that the longer we stay, the only thing that happens is more Americans die. That's their, that's their chance. And it has been now for several years. And they feel <clears throat> they're very upset that all this news, because they know it, that, <clears throat> that the war is going much better. Because they know that if the American people come to believe that, that we are winning the war and we can win the war, that they won't want to withdraw. They won't want to run away. 
And yet, the, so they're now in a trap of their own creation. Because if if they come out and say, we're winning the war, let's give General Petraeus and, and, and all some additional time to, to really solidify the gains they've made, then their base turns on them. Their base call them traitors. They say, hey, you know, we've been supporting you because you were going to get us out of there. And if they continue to say, no, 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 run away, run away, it's hopeless, the American people are not going to vote for them because the American people are smart enough to see that this is now working. Our guest is Dr. Michael Ledine from the American Enterprise Institute. Dr. Ledine, you've written this book, The Iranian Time Bomb. I want to shift gears for a moment, move over just a little bit in the Middle East to Iran. I want to listen to a couple of sound bites about whether or not Iran is seeking nuclear technology. This is Mohammed El-Berdai. He's director of the International Atomic Energy Agency on whether or not Iran is seeking nuclear bomb technology. We suspect that Iran might have the intention, but I don't think I have seen any anybody saying Iran today is, is working actively on a weapon program. Okay, and on the other hand, here's the president of Iran, Ahmadinejad, saying absolutely they have no interest in getting nuclear weapons. It is a firm no. I'm going to be much firmer now. In political relations right now, the nuclear bomb is of no use. All right. Are they in denial? Are we in denial, Dr. Ledine? Are we in danger of Iran getting nuclear weapons? Well, the French defense minister a couple of days ago said that if uh, if Elberde were right, there would be no, no reason for the Iranians to refuse to let him go to all the sites that he's been asking to look at. If it were just a civilian program, they'd have no reason to keep it secret. But they've had a secret nuclear program for 18 years, and they won't let anybody go to the military facilities and to several of the places where we suspect they're building nuclear weapons. And, I mean, logic just grabs you by the throat, it seems to me. If they have nothing to hide, why are they hiding something? So what is the logical reaction to our strong suspicion, really knowledge that they're working on a nuclear program, and also the terrorists that are going into Iran, killing uh, not only uh, into Iraq, killing Iraqis and our guys? What do we do now? Well, Senator, I think Senator Lieberman's right, which is that we should have long since been going after those terrorist training camps in both Iran and Syria. Because that's just legitimate self-defense. That's not invasion. They are not entitled, as they're doing right now, taking Iraqis, bringing them across the border, training them up, arming them, uh, giving them money and so forth, and then sending them into Iraq to kill people. And then say, you can't cross this border to come and stop this practice. That is, they get to use the border to, to hide the terrorists and train them and send them in, but we can't cross it to defend ourselves. That's unacceptable. So for starters, we ought to be doing that. And the other big thing we should be doing is that Iran is a funny country because you have this little veneer of fanatics at the very top and the overwhelming majority of Iranians who hate this regime, which has wrecked their country and which oppresses Mm. them in every imaginable way. So if we supported the Iranian people against that regime, I should think we'd be successful in getting some kind of revolution there. What's the Bush administration planning? I don't know. I mean, the Bush administration has fallen into the same trap as every other administration since 1979 to believe that somehow you can negotiate these differences. But Iran declared war on us in 1979, and they've been waging it ever since. 
and eventually some American president has got to come to grips with this. All right, let me ask you to listen, Dr. Ledine, to uh, John McCain. In that old, uh, that old Beach Boy song, Bomberan, you know, <laughs> bomb, 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 <laughs> anyway. Uh, uh, Dr. Ledine, um, that um, it was a lighthearted moment, but actually we do face the prospect of bombing Iran. I want to flip that around and ask you this question. You've studied Iran. You've written about it. Do you believe if they have this nuclear capability, a weapons capability, that they would bomb Israel or bomb us if they had the opportunity first. Well, I think any prudent leader has to assume that and has to act on that assumption. Nobody knows. But you'd have to, I mean, we've just lived through the 20th century where all kinds of crazy people have said a lot of crazy things, and it turns out that they meant them for the most part. So you have to act on the assumption that they will do it. And I hope we won't have to bomb Iran. I think there are better ways to do it. I think revolution is a much better way. But it does seem to me that the longer we delay uh, moving against that regime politically, the more likely it is that we're going to face this choice, this terrible choice between accepting a nuclear Iran, which everybody in the world says is unacceptable, or bombing them, which is a terrible thing to do. Michael Ledeen, a Freedom Scholar at the American Enterprise Institute, thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks, guys. It was great. All right. Everybody wants the war to end in Iraq, and uh, some are willing, though, to end it in defeat. Others, like the president, say, we're going to end this thing in victory. You know, someone asked FDR uh, when World War II would end. I think it's very important to remember his answer. Many people ask, when will this war end? There's only one answer to that. It will end just as soon as we make it end. By our combined efforts, our combined strength, our combined determination to fight through and work through until the end. Well, it will end when we end it, when we win it. That's what FDR said about World War II. And this is a different kind of a war. But I think we're seeing that uh, it's a lot better to be patient and persistent and press to victory. And I am pleased to report that uh, there are all kinds of signs and signals that we are defeating al-Qaeda in Iraq. And we'll pray that the president will have leadership about Iran. Well, everybody says, well, President Bush's approval rating is so low. Well, guess what? Congress is, is lower. And President Bush said basically today we've got to do nothing Congress. We're going to talk about that. And will Obama and Clinton's strategy work to try to get into the evangelical vote? Uh, are they sending mixed signals? We're going to talk about that when we come back. November 14th, the Criswell Radio Network's Town Hall Series is back. The Battle for the Truth, Beware the False Prophets, a town hall meeting to focus our gaze back on Christ and the truth of God's Word. But everybody likes to make fun of Christianity. Everybody likes to make fun of Jesus. Special guest panelists include Dr. Robert Jeffress, pastor of First Baptist Church, Dallas, Jack Graham, pastor Prestonwood Baptist Church in Plano, Barry Cameron, pastor of Crossroads Christian Church, Grand Prairie. So when they tell you I'm out there, they tell you I'm making an appearance, he said, don't you believe him? The Battle for Truth. Hosted by Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of the Criswell College in Dallas. This is Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College in Dallas. I'll be your moderator for this important live discussion. Wednesday, November 14th, 7 p.m. And live from Crossroads Christian Church. The Truth. Fight for it with us. 
Only here on the Criswell Radio Network. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Why don't we just ask Osama bin Laden, Osama Obama, uh, Obama, what is since um, he won by such a big amount? All right, that's Senator Ted Kennedy, and he's a little mixed up here about uh, the difference between Osama bin Laden and uh, Barack Obama, Barack Hussein Obama, who's also a senator and running for president of the United States. Mixed signals. It's hard to keep those names uh, straight. Here's uh, Mitt Romney, who's <laughs> running for president. Barack Obama said uh, just yesterday, Barack Obama calling on, on uh, radicals, jihadists of all different types to come together in Iraq. That is the, the battlefield. That's the central place. He says, come join us under one banner. Well, the Democrats have not been supportive of the war in Iraq, but I'm sure that Barack Obama was not calling for jihadists uh, to unite on the battlefield in Iraq. I think He's, he was talking about a bin Laden tape that had just been released. Yeah. You can hear those cameras clicking. But I do want to talk about Obama mixed signals. Mixed signals uh, because what we've been seeing uh, from Obama and other Democrats like Hillary Clinton is uh, they want to get in to the evangelical vote. They want to break the cycle of conservative evangelical religious rights, so-called exclusivity in the Republican Party. They want to see evangelicals. They want to see Christians support the Democrats. And so you have been hearing Hillary Clinton and particularly uh, Barack Obama, uh, you know, going to churches, speaking in sort of uh, preacher tones and um, doing much more in the churches than the Republicans are right now, or maybe have ever done, and uh, saying they want to get people of faith to vote with them. In fact, uh, Barack Obama was asked recently, what is the role that faith plays for you? And this is very interesting because a lot of conservative politicians would answer that question and say, well, I keep my religion and my politics separate. I'm not going to bring my religion in. In fact, that's what Romney's almost had to say, is I'm not going to bring Mormonism into the White House. Now, listen carefully to Barack Obama's answer about the role of faith in his life. These days, when people ask me, what role does religion play in your work? You're, you're running for the presidency of the United States, the, the leader of the free world. What, what role does faith play? I say it plays every role. All right. He says every role. That's very interesting to me. And actually, as a Christian, I would agree with that in principle, that uh, uh, faith informs every aspect of your life, even if you're a politician. So Obama says his faith plays every role. He's campaigning in churches. He wants to reach evangelical Christian voters. He wants you to vote for him. But wait a minute. Then, when asked to speak uh, about homosexuality, Uh, Here's what Obama has to say. There are some folks who, coming out of the church, uh, have elevated one line in Romans uh, above the Sermon on the Mount. Okay, so Obama there saying, um, look, the the verses in Romans don't count on homosexuality. Those verses say, of course, that uh, homosexual activity is sinful and uh, leads to judgment 
And it's not just, by the way, a verse. It's several paragraphs. It's a, a long theological argument based upon Genesis 1, in fact. But uh, in any case, Obama says he wants uh, faith to be everything, but uh, on homosexuality, he doesn't want the Scripture to be authoritative for himself or for others. So I think he's sending mixed signals, Penna. Mm-hmm. And there was an event recently that I think uh, is going to signal problems for the Democrats, Hillary as well as Obama. Here's Obama on October 28. He has this event. It's a gospel concert. I mean, here's a candidate sponsoring gospel concerts. Well, that's a good thing. So it's uh, dominated by the black community. He's connecting with them. And he invites Grammy Award-winning singer, Christian singer, Donnie McClurkin. But wait a minute. Donnie McClurkin has been very outspoken that his faith in Jesus freed him from homosexual temptations. And he says that's a sinful way of life. It's unacceptable. And the Human Rights Campaign and others have now attacked the Obama campaign to say, wait a minute, you can't be having campaign rallies with folks who don't affirm homosexual marriage and who actually believe homosexual activity is sinful. And so Obama is sort of caught, I think, sending mixed signals. He wants to be religious, wants to say faith is everything. And on the other hand, he invites uh, these Christian preachers and singers to come in. And, uh, but he's also, on his website, got something called Obama Pride. Obama Pride. And if you click that icon, here's what you're going to read. Gays and lesbians are our brothers and sisters. And the African-American religious community... Um, these leaders need to overcome the homophobia in that community. So I don't see how they're going to pull this off. And I actually want some calls on this, 800-881-9270, 800-881-9270. Do you think Hillary and Obama are going to succeed? Or in fact, are you tempted to vote for them? Or are you uh, excited about voting for them if you're a Christian? Do you believe that um, they're sincere when they say they want to reach the evangelical community? Or are they really speaking out of both sides of their mouth? They're, they're not pro-life. They're pro-abortion, pro-choice. They're not pro-marriage. Uh, they're willing to bring in uh, the establishment of homosexual marriage. You know, a year ago, uh, I would have said the way for the Democrats to expand the reach of their party would be to, to have some pro-life candidates. And they actually did in the 2000 election elect some folks to Congress, Congress. Who, are, who are pro-life. And so I thought, well, you know, that could be, you know, that could really be a winning strategy. But they seem to have turned on that. In a sense, they are trying to reach out to the religious people in so many ways, as you've said. Uh, but they're doing it in a different way. The issues that are important more are care for the poor, health care, universal health care, social justice issues. Uh, They talk about education and the environment. So those are, you know, to them, they're religious issues. But the moral issues like homosexuality, advancing that agenda, protecting the institution of marriage, which is a God-ordained institution, and, uh, of course, life, protecting human life at both ends of the spectrum, those are not their issues. They're ignoring those issues, and there's a great inconsistency there. Whether it hurts them or not, I don't know, because I've seen polls of young evangelicals where they care more about some of these these social justice issues than they do about the the moral issues. So in a sense it depends on which 
part of the electorate you're targeting. All right, the number is 800-881-9270. Let's see what you think. We've got Nancy on the line from Fort Worth. Nancy, do you think the Democrats, Obama and Hillary, can pull this off? Are they going to reach evangelical voters? Well, I am a Christian, first of all. And I will vote for them because they are not being judgmental. I believe God will judge all of us at one point in time. I do not believe it's my duty or your your nation's duty to judge people just because they are homo, homosexual. I think this is something God should judge, and I believe the Bible addresses people judging others. Those without sin throw the first stone. Therefore, I believe they're going to get a lot of votes. What about the idea, though, Nancy, of um, just, in your opinion, advancing the agenda of homosexuals? In other words, uh, putting it as a, as a special class where employers would, you know, be prohibited from hiring someone because they were homosexual yeah, or, you know, changing the institution of marriage, things like that. What about that? I mean, should a Christian oppose, like yourself, should you oppose that even though you accept a homosexual? I, it is not a lifestyle that I would choose for myself. I would have to say it is a lifestyle I have no understanding of. I do not believe in them being able to legally be married. And, but yet, on the other hand, I do not feel it is my duty as a voter or as a Christian to place judgment on their lifestyle. I believe that's something God should do. All right. Thank you so much, Nancy. Well, I happen to believe that God has done that in Romans 1. And there's not just a verse, as Obama would claim. It's a whole chapter, really, or a paragraph, two or three paragraphs and an argument where the Apostle Paul says this is a rejection, uh, not the law, but of the Creator and His created order. Paul goes all the way back to Genesis 1 to say that homosexuality is a rejection of the Creator and the created order. Very quickly, we've got Bob on the line from Terrell. Bob, what do you think? Yes, Dr. Johnson, uh, in Romans, just talking about God's only depraved nation, and uh, also for Barack Obama, since he uh, enjoys uh, the uh, Sermon on the Mount, we need to tell Barack Obama, beware of false prophets who come out in sheep's clothing, but imagery, they are in ravenous woods. Thanks, Bob. We've got Tom on the line from Fort Worth. Tom, are you going to vote for the Democrats? Do you think they're reaching the evangelicals? <laughs> well, I was just reading what Jesus said in Matthew uh, twelve thirty-three through 37. And, of course, he calls them a brood of vipers and says in verse 37, By your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. And uh, idle words these people are speaking are dangerous. Well, it is true that uh, I think some Republican politicians have pandered and played conservative Christians. They've not been serious because they get elected and they don't push for pro-life legislation. They don't push for marriage legislation. But uh, now we're talking really about uh, Democrats who are are saying, all right, the party's changing. We're going to reach conservative evangelicals and uh, we're people of prayer and people of faith. But we don't accept what the Bible says about human life. We don't accept what the Bible says about marriage. And, um, 
Oh, but faith is everything, but it isn't marriage. Faith is everything, but it's not about human life. Can they have it both ways? Will you vote for them? We've got callers on the line. You call to 800-881-9270. After this break, we'll take your calls. We'll play some more politicians, their promises to you, the evangelical Christian. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. I am very grateful that I had a grounding in faith that gave me the courage and the strength to do what I thought was right, regardless of what the world thought. All right, that's Senator Hillary Clinton. She has been talking faith. She has been speaking in the churches. And uh, the Democrats have not kept it a secret. They mean to tap into the evangelical vote in this next cycle. And they're going to try to get a lot of Christians who've been voting Republican and values to vote with the Democrats because the Democrats uh, say they care for the poor and the Republicans don't. And that's a Christian value. And so they're trying to tap in to you. And we want to know what you think. This is Jerry Johnson Live with Pennedexter. We've got callers on the line. Let's go to Shauna and Burleson. Shauna, uh, what do you think of Obama? What do you think of Hillary? Are they going to get your vote? No, neither of them would. Um, I would definitely, I have to vote for my morals. Um, so anybody believes in gay marriage or would support to further that agenda or gay marriage, um, you know, abortion, I just, I can't vote for them. I just absolutely do not agree with that. And even though they might be right on, say, other social issues, I just, I can't justify that. I just cannot do it. I wouldn't vote for McCain, and uh, I wouldn't vote for Giuliani either. And they are Republican or running as Republican. I wouldn't vote for them either. So to you, it's a bipartisan bipartisan principle. Well, it's about morals. Yes. You know, I mean, I, I just... It's deploring to think that people can support abortion, uh, the killing of an innocent life. Um, Do you have a favorite candidate right now? Um, I'm looking at Fred Thompson. I really, I really like him. Researching him, uh, I think I really like him. He stands up. For, he's really strong with as far as Iraq, and I obviously I support the war and what we're doing and trying to stop terrorism from coming back on our soil. Um, I know it's obviously an uphill battle, but any war is. Uh, he doesn't support gay marriage. He doesn't support abortion. Um, there's a lot of other issues that I also agree with him on, but those are some of my main issues. Thanks, Shauna. So there it is, Shauna, uh, very principled. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people have been that way, and these have been winning issues in prior elections. But you hear the media, and the New York Times has been out front on this in saying that those issues are going away as bottom-line issues for evangelical Christians. Uh, and in a sense, I guess that's the question. Are they? Or is the agenda being broadened, or is it moving to some different issues that tend to be more uh, liberal and to appeal to Democrats as well as Republicans? That's really the question and the strategy that has to be worked out. So Shauna is supporting Fred Thompson. Here's Fred Thompson on Roe versus Wade. I think Roe versus Wade was bad law and bad medical science. And the way to address that is through uh, good judges. All right, Thompson saying he would support uh, the right kind of judges that would interpret the Constitution and not really amend it 
and uh, he's for the repeal of Roe versus Wade. He's pro-life and consistent in that. Let's mm-hmm. go to Jeremy in Dallas. Jeremy, thank you for calling and holding. Do you think the Democrat appeal to evangelical Christians is going to work? How are you going to vote? Well, uh, I'm definitely not going to vote for uh, Hillary Clinton or uh, Barack Obama or even Rudy Giuliani, uh, just as the previous caller, and just to kind of uh, confirm what's already been said, I believe, you know, it's it's all smoke and mirrors with those guys. And I'll tell you right now, I, I'm appalled. You know, I'm 26 years old, and I'm just appalled that Christians, you know, my my big issue is that Christians need to get back into the Word and get grounded on what is going on in the world today. And for them to, you know, uh, you know move forward and to... Uh, trying, you know, win the vote with the evangelical movement that's going on in America right now is smart on their part, but uh, it's it's full of holes. It's full of holes of you guys, as you guys have already confirmed, uh, you know, in some of your, your talk uh, this afternoon. I mean, the whole, you know, feed the poor, you know, take care of the hungry, that is just one issue, as the man said earlier, you know, the Sermon on the Mound. That is one issue among many. And for us to bend and say, okay, we're going to take this issue, but oh, we're going to throw away, you know, um, what else uh, Jesus said about, you know, and what, you know, what God confirmed about, you know, with uh, homosexuality and, you know, the sanctity of marriage. It's just taking one issue and throwing away the rest. What are we willing to bend on? It says in Revelations, uh, those who are not for me, or, uh, excuse me, those um, who are lukewarm, I will spew you out of my mouth. What is that mm. saying? Christians, we are to uphold the Bible as it is taught, and we are to uphold His Word through in and throughout. And if we can't stand on all of his issues, how can we stand on one and then against the rest, if that makes sense? Hey, thanks, Jeremy. So Jeremy says, look, this is doublespeak. Here's Hillary Clinton. I don't pretend to understand um, the wisdom and the power of God. I do believe in prayer, and I have relied on prayer uh, consistently throughout my life. All right, so talk in prayer talk. And I remember Jimmy Carter, a born-again Christian and I think a lot of Christians rallied around Jimmy Carter. Um, folks in my family voted for Jimmy Carter. I think folks were hopeful. He was a Southern Baptist. Mm-hmm. They thought, look, this is going to be great. But he was pro-choice, effectively pro-abortion. And actually, through the Equal Rights Amendment, which he supported, he, he would have been in support of the gay whole, marriage yeah, the whole 20 years agenda. ahead of uh, its time today. Uh, fascinating. And uh, sometimes just because someone says they're Christian doesn't mean they're going to govern Christianly. We've got Scott on the line. Scott, what do you think? Thank you very much for taking my call. Um, there's a lot I'd like to talk about, but I'll keep it short. Um, absolutely not. I wouldn't vote for any of those candidates. Um, that's a real concern. I'm trying to 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 figure out who to vote for. I've, I've, I haven't looked at Fred Thompson because he's just recently joined in, but I will look at that. But my main thing is this. Yeah, they're going to get a lot of evangelical votes, if you can call them that. Because you have a lot of us calling ourselves Christians. And the reality is the, the previous caller, about four calls back, she called in talking about not, it's not our place to judge. That, I'm sorry, but that is one of the most misinterpreted parts of Scripture. If you read that, and correct me if I'm wrong, you probably know, you read that, the essence of what he's talking about is hypocrisy. And the other thing he's talking about, I think, is you're, it's not our job to make eternal judgment on somebody. It's not our job to All walk right. around and say, you're going to heaven or you're going to hell. But to say that we can't make judgment is absolutely crazy. Am I supposed to not tell my children 
to walk across the street or, or to hammer and walk across the street? Are we are we to have are, are we to just walk around making no judgments whatsoever? Are we to not teach our children to honor God, to not steal? I mean, where do you draw the line? Of course, we're supposed to make judgments. The Bible also says, "Judge with a righteous judgment." I, I mean, it's it's ridiculous when. People in general, but particularly Christians, talk about, oh, don't judge anybody. That's nonsense. We are supposed to judge. We're supposed to allow the Holy Spirit to judge through us. I mean, I'm tired of hearing that nonsense, because now look what we have. Oh, well, if you want to be gay, you can be gay. If you want to be, you know, bisexual, trisexual, whatever. I mean, you know what I'm saying? So where has this whole idea of non-judgmentalism gotten us? You know, the whole idea of voting, Dr. Johnson, is making a judgment. You're making a judgment between two candidates. What kind of policies are they going to advance? Are they going to advance policies that promote sin, that allow the whole idea of free sex and homosexuality, sex between anybody and businesses and government has to be to subsidize and pay for that, you know, killing babies, abortion, government funding of abortion. So, you know, you're you're making a real judgment just by who you're voting for. You have to make a judgment, and you're going to no matter what. You know, I have to mention that at this Values Voter Summit that I was at, which was evangelical conservatives meeting together, trying to kind of get some uh, enthusiasm going, which they did, and also figure out who to support, uh, The all the presidential candidates were invited. None of the Democrats came, and only one even bothered to respond. That was Barack Obama. And so if they are really trying to target the religious conservatives and the evangelicals, why don't they show up at the meeting in Washington, D.C., where it wouldn't have been that hard for them to come? where they're all meeting. Why don't they come and talk to us? No, they didn't They didn't bother to do that. It's a whole different group they're targeting, but they're going to be peeling off some of the evangelicals who are frustrated with the Republican Party. All right, we've got Pam on the line from Denton. The question is, are you, Pam, convinced uh, that the Democrats are serious when they talk religion? Oh, my answer would have to be absolutely not. And um, I think, once again, we have a typical pattern here that we've had for years and years, and that is they're just trying to get that particular segment or group of voters on their side. And I think the, uh, probably the true test and bottom line is this, is that Christian literally means follower of Christ. And as a follower of Christ, we are to follow the Word of God in its entirety. So if we use that as our bottom line to make judgment on all our decisions, including all of the issues that are at stake for this upcoming election, then indeed you can't vacillate back and forth and be pro-this and pro-that and anti-this and anti-that if, in fact, Christ says, this is my Father's Word, this is the truth, and we need to live by that in all areas of our life. I think it's totally contradictory. And it's a question of lordship. I think you're right. It's a question of whether or not Jesus is Lord. We've got Billy on the line from Crowley. Billy, thank you for calling. What's your view? Well, my um, statement kind of goes back to Friday. Um, then I was asking about um, if you would vote for this person if they have a bad spending problem or whatever. And my thing is, if some of the third rung conservative Christians don't move up in the polls to get to the point where Rudy Giuliani is, we're either going to have to vote for the lesser of two evils, 
or we're just going to have to put Hillary in office because that's the only two choices we're going to have. Hey, Billy, mm-hmm. thank you for that observation. We're going to talk about that when we come back. Giuliani, Hillary, is there a real difference? What do you think? You want them to call us, 800-881-9270, 800-881-9270. And what about that Mormon in the mix? We often hear, you cannot legislate morality. Is that really true? This is Jerry Johnson Live with Pennedexter. We'll be right back. November 14th, the Criswell Radio Network's Town Hall Series is back. The Battle for the Truth, Beware the False Prophets, a town hall meeting to focus our gaze back on Christ and the truth of God's Word. What a great opportunity to remind people that what the Bible says is true. Truth. Special guest panelists include Dr. Jack Graham, pastor of Prestonwood Baptist Church in Plano, Dr. Robert Jeffress, pastor of First Baptist Church in Dallas, Dr. Barry Cameron, pastor of Crossroads Christian Church in Grand Prairie with special insight from John MacArthur, host of Grace to You, and Graham Lotz, Dr. Tony Evans, pastor of Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship in Dallas, George Barna of the Barna Group, and more. Hosted by Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of the Criswell College in Dallas, Wednesday, November 14th, 7 p.m., and live from Crossroads Christian Church. The truth. Fight for it with us. Only here on the Criswell Radio Network. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. These days when people ask me, what role does religion play in your work? You're, you're running for the presidency of the United States, the, the leader of the free world. What, what role does faith play? I say it plays every role. Every role. That's Barack Obama. He's running for president of the United States. He's a U.S. senator. He's been very... Uh, religious in his uh, venues, going around to churches, uh, having the organ play in the background and the people amening and shouting. And he says religion plays every role. Faith plays every role. But we know he uh, discounts the biblical teaching on homosexuality. And he's run into a little problem because he's holding rallies at religious venues, bringing in Christian singers, and some of them Uh, opposed to homosexual marriage. And so now the human rights campaign and the homosexual activists are attacking Obama for being uh, homophobic or at least having homophobic people on his platform. So Obama trying to reach out to you, the evangelical voter, and uh, it seems like he's sending mixed signals. Do you buy it? Which message is the true message? We've got Brooks on the line from Grand Prairie. Brooks, thank you for calling. Brooks, how do you view view this? Well, Thanks for taking my call. Um, I don't. I don't believe that um, we uh, agree with, uh, or that I agree with Barack or with Hillary or those that are saying that they trust, uh, that they pray, or they were having the same faith. I guess they use the word faith; those are generic terms, but they're not. I think standing on the same ground that I am. I called because uh, I was encouraged that one of the callers earlier. He was uh, talking about us uh, being. Uh, having a duty really to to make judgment and raising our children and things like that. Um, I also think that this is a great uh, platform uh, for the discussion. I wanted to ask something of you, and not to overburden you, but would you, from time to time, and maybe today, lead us in some prayer uh, about our leadership in this country, 
Um, because, you know, God says, if my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from the wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. And I think that we really need God to, to help us with this. I, at this present time, haven't picked uh, who I'm going to vote for, but I want to find out who it will be and be able to make that judgment uh, at the at the appointed time. But Hey, thanks, really Brooks. And uh, We will have that prayer in just a few minutes. Let's do that. Uh, we've got two or three callers in. We want to get those in, Penna, but I Great think we idea. should have that prayer in a moment. Let's go now to Dallas and talk with Lauren. Hi, Lauren. Thanks so much for calling. Hi. I wanted to weigh in first on uh, what the first caller said about judgment. I wanted to say about that, fine, you know, don't judge, don't judge, but don't try to elect the person to lead our country. That's just contrary to common sense. I mean, then also on the difference between Clinton and Giuliani, I think either way we'd be going the wrong direction. With Clinton, I think we'd be running a lot harder and a lot faster in the wrong direction. But I'm also concerned about the difference that it would have in what difference it would make in the Republican Party in the long run. If we compromise our values now, are we going to feel like we need to do that in the next election if that's what it takes to win? And will the Republican Party just continue down that path compromising one thing after another? Yeah, all of a sudden we're not a pro-life party. Right. Good point. Let's go now to Troy and Garland. Troy, thanks for calling. Hello. Uh, it's good to talk to you. Mm-hmm. I appreciate your program. Um, you know, as a, uh, I'm a, a Republican and, and a Christian, Christian first, and, and I'm really kind of grieving about the slate of candidates that I have to choose from in this election cycle, uh, you know, because there's not a guy like uh, John Cornyn, our senator from, from Texas, that I could really get excited about. Um, and so, you know, your initial question of do I buy what the Democrats are selling? Absolutely not. Um, you know, you have some blue dog uh, Democrats are trying to show themselves as uh, conservative type Democrats. I just don't buy it. And and definitely the front runners in um, the Democratic Party are not blue dog Democrats. Um, and then you know, looking at the Republican slate, uh, either you have somebody I don't agree with, uh, somebody who I don't uh, agree with his background as far as Romney or. Um, I'm not real excited about mm-hmm. Fred Thompson and his his uh, energy level. And finally, you have uh, Governor Huckabee, who uh, I think I like, but I don't know much about, and, and he's really uh, you know way back in the the back of the pack. I don't know if he can catch up. He's kind of moving up in a sense. Uh, there, are, you know, some things came out last week about his spending in Arkansas and taxing. So there's something wrong with every candidate. But you know, there are nine Republicans. It kind of feels like Republicans ought to be able to get behind someone. They haven't yet, though. And uh, you know, everybody's wondering if Republicans will ever do so. Mm. Well, so much to think about here. Mm. Uh, but one of the claims we often hear is you can't legislate morality. And that, uh, well, the Republicans seem to want to do that. And these Democrats are people of faith and religion, but they're not going to legislate morality. And I think that's certainly uh, a double standard because, in fact, uh, the Democrats say we've got to give to the poor. Well, that's about morality. Or they'll say, what kind of society doesn't educate its children? So they want to give more to education. Or they'll say, we must provide health care for everyone. What kind of a nation are we if we don't do that? It's legislating morality. And my point would be this. Standing up for human life is the first principle. That is, you can't give to the poor if they never make it into this world. You can't educate a dead baby. You cannot provide health care for a fetus that... um, has been terminated, has been killed in the womb. And so uh, no one would ever say, looking back now in the 1800s, you can't legislate morality and therefore the government should not outlaw slavery. No, it was the right thing to do. It was the right 
good and moral It's really whose morality do. are you going to That's legislate? That's exactly right. And uh, we know that we can't legislate against all sin. I don't think anybody wants to do that. Uh, most sin is a matter between God and the individual. But uh, these kinds of public, public uh, attacks on the sanctity of human life uh, when we have institutionalized abortion and taxpayer-funded abortion, and we ought to be standing against that for sure. What does the Bible say about all this? Well, the book of Proverbs says this, When the righteous are in authority, people rejoice. When wicked leaders are in place, uh, the people mourn. They're not happy. And another thing, uh, wicked leaders in the Bible are a sign of God's judgment on a nation. And uh, we get what we deserve. And that's a scary thought. But that is the Old Testament story. Very scary. But uh, the book of Psalms says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. So I want to go back to Brooks. And uh, I want to uh, pray now. Let's join our hearts in prayer. If you're driving, you don't have to close your eyes. But uh, I'd like for you uh, to pray with us for our nation. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. There's no other way to come. And we confess that we have sinned as a nation, and we want to turn from our wicked ways. We want you to heal our land. We want to seek your face. And Lord, we, we are dependent upon you. We pray that somehow, supernaturally, providentially, uh, in your power, that um, the right person would emerge Democrat, Republican, Independent, surprise, uh, Lord, that you would do something great for this country in the next election cycle and protect Christians, we pray, Lord, from deception. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Folks, I know that God has called you to be salt and light because that's what Jesus said. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And um, you need to be informed and that's why you need to listen to Jerry Johnson Live every day at 5 o'clock. I'm right here with Penn and Dexter. You've been listening to Jerry Johnson Live, a Christian worldview radio show. Join Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. for an hour of relevant discussion of news and culture from a Christian perspective. <laughs> 